Dosri Nune Gor Holodeck Cash. Welcome to the Holodeck is Broken, a Star Trek rewatch podcast. I'm your Captain Laura. I grew up watching most of Star Trek. I'm your first officer, Mac. I've watched way too much Star Trek. I'm Eris, your communications officer, and I've seen some of it. I'm Z, chief security officer, and I have no idea what's going on. Our seven-year mission. To rewatch all of Star Trek from the very beginning. Boldly going where everyone but me has gone before. Hi, everyone. I'm Laura. I'm Mac. I'm Eris. And I'm Z. And this week, your away team is finishing out season one of the original series da, 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 with Operation Annihilate and then beginning season two with a mock time. Mm-hmm. One's a classic, one's nah. got amoebas in it. Scabs. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. This is about when we started recording the show a year ago altogether, and we've gotten through one season. So. <laughs> Incidentally, with COVID and 2020 having the most new Star Trek released in over 20 years, mm-hmm. we're actually further away from being caught up with Star Trek <laughs> than we were when we began. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Well. Well. <laughs> yeah, I've been looking at all those new releases going like, oh, that looks so really, that's so cool. Oh, we're going to have to podcast that now. <laughs> But not for like seven years. Yeah. <laughs> I think that Ever seven years was Discovery. optimistic at this point. Uh, I, I look at new things coming out and my husband will be like, oh, hey, that looks pretty interesting. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll see that in seven years. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. I do kind of want to jump the gun and watch Discovery, though. That looks pretty good. It, the season, this, this current season is amazing. I'm loving mm-hmm. it. Yep. I, yeah. I watched the first two episodes and then I was like, well, that's all the free stuff they'll give me. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm poor. I think both of you would also like Lower Decks. Yes. Yeah. Lower what? Uh, Lower Decks. It's, it's the, their an animated. animated show this year. <laughs> oh, I must have totally missed that one. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm guessing. What did you think I said? Lower Decks. Yeah, Lower Decks. <laughs> I also like that too. <laughs> I think Dicks up high. The Lower Decks. <laughs> I was like, Mac, this is a Star Trek podcast, not a porn podcast. I <laughs> think oh. the one thing I learned over the years is that podcasts are whatever you want them to be. <laughs> this we can make a porn review podcast. Sure. I mean, I don't know if I would want to, but we could, we are physically capable of doing that. I think it would be funny for a couple of episodes and then get kind of depressing right after that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 that's like a April Fool's Day joke only kind of thing because that's I could probably only handle that once a year. So <laughs> anyway, let's talk about scabs. Annihilate <laughs> yeah. the uh, the amoebas that make everybody go crazy. And there's a there's an exclamation point in the title of this episode, so you know it's good. And an, <laughs> and an M dash. This is a symphony of punctuation. This episode. Yeah, that copy editor like, yeah, let's do this. <laughs> And I, that's I, the most interesting thing about this episode. It's <laughs> pretty close, yeah. Uh, there is Kirk getting real bitchy with Uhura, and I was like, dude, leave her alone. For real. Yeah, I mean, I can almost get, like, like because once they do, like, the big reveal, I'm like, honestly, I guessed. I was like, he definitely knows somebody who lives on this planet, because this is getting real emotional. Which, like, he's emotional in general, but, like, this was, like, a deep dive into, like, 
pure irrationality territory for Kirk. But yeah, then they were like, oh, it turns out he has a brother who lives there and a whole family. And I'm like, ah, yeah, okay. And then we're just not going to deal with his brother's death at any point. I know. (laughs) I wrote down, I was like, yeah, it looks like he's just going to move in on the sister-in-law any second now. Like He's like, oh, my husband. I was afraid. On her (laughs) deathbed. Yeah. I was so afraid. He was like, please don't tell me he's going to hit on his dead brother's wife. I'm going to jump ahead to the end. What happened to the nephew? Did he just abandon his nephew? What happened to Peter? There's a couple I was things. invested with that kid who had no lines. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, the episode is really disinterested in the whole <laughs> family subplot after yeah. it gets in the way of flying amoebas. <laughs> uh, there was a deleted scene. There's even a still of it that you can see in the uh, the wiki uh, where the the kid is like on the bridge with Kirk at the end of the episode. Yeah. Uh, so there's some version of this where there is some consequence or moment to stick with with what, what just happened. Like secondary canon, Kirk's nephew will pop up every once in a while and there's always some perfunctory explanation of what happened to him after this episode. Kirk couldn't keep him on the Enterprise, obviously, so he sent him back to Iowa to live with his with uh, Kirk's parents. He ended up joining Starfleet himself eventually and but like it seems I'm already bored talking about it. <laughs> but it seemed like they had a chance to make something more interesting out of this episode. There were moments that I thought we had a fairly okay-ish psychological thriller on our hands and they could have played into that but then like 30 seconds later these monsters made out of silly putty i think just like showed up and then i was like oh okay so we're we're just it's, abandoning the psychological aspect they, here they cleared <laughs> yeah. the joke shop of fake vomit that's <laughs> what happened yeah. here <laughs> pancakes is what i wrote down i think this episode might have been trying to do too many things at once Uh, because i i did like once they settled on nasty pancake time it immediately reminded me of animorphs did y'all ever read that by k applegate that book series i I was aware of it but i I didn't particularly read it it's sci-fi and like yeah like i mean beyond the fact that they can all like change into animals and stuff like via cool technology cube but the main bad guy is this little worm that goes into people's ears, takes them over, and it's very pod people-esque. Like, it's, they're seamless. Like, they learn all their memories and stuff so they can blend into society and then, like, I don't know, very, like, you know, lizard men kind of weird conspiracy theory, like, start to take over the governments of that planet. And then these scab things that, like, stab people and, like, inject their DNA into their into the people's bodies. I was like, ah, oh, it's just like Animorphs. <laughs> like... <laughs> I was like, I was in it. I was like, is Kirk going to turn into an eagle? Like, I need to see this. <laughs> um, and of course, obviously, they didn't do it that way. But then again, I was like, maybe Kate, maybe Kay Applegate, like, watch Star Trek. I mean, she writes a lot of sci-fi. So, like, maybe she saw this and was like, I can make this better, but middle grade and with animals. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I will take over elementary schools with these books. Everyone listening. Should give it a chance. Yeah. Animorphs is pretty good. It's pretty wild. But it's, it's very good and it still mostly holds up. Mostly. Uh, I didn't think that the conversation of this episode would veer into a defense of Animorphs, but <laughs> here we are. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just full of new things, I guess. <laughs> I wanted to r- bring up the whole talk uh, going blind for like all of 38 seconds. Right. I guess. There was so many things with that. I'm going to choose to look at the good things. 
<laughs> which, which is that we get this really great scene of Spock being an utter drama queen. He has to walk out and immediately <laughs> bump into a desk before he reveals to them that he's totally blind. Yeah, I, I <laughs> noted that as well. <laughs> it was... It was something else. Maybe it was just a theory for him at that point. He wanted to test it out. <laughs> uh, like, it, well, it was like radio play acting. Yes. To get to the point of blindness. Like you had to bump. Oh, oh, he bumped into something. That would be an indication that he's blind. But then with the staging of it, he's like, uh, I'm fine. I'm fine. Walk, walk, walk. Thud. Oh, wait. <laughs> I'm blind. Yeah. <laughs> but he's fine now, so... And, you know. Yeah, I'm like, this is the, the weirdest way you decided to come up for him having no consequences for this. And Mac, didn't you tell me as we were watching it that the whole extra eyelid thing is, like, never brought up again? Yeah. <laughs> of course it's not. <laughs> yeah. It just... Oh, well, we're running out of runtime. Uh, third in our eyelid. See you next season. Bye! <laughs> I mean, like, yes, it's bad, and, like, definitely don't stare into the sun, kids. But, like, <laughs> McCoy's upset because he, he, you know, hurt his friend. And then he's just like, I'm going to have to break out, like, the big juice or do, you know, surgery. Or, like, we're going to have to put him on rest and sick leave for, like, the optic nerves to grow back. That That shit's possible now. I mean, in some variations, but, like... Now we're 200 years into the future. Don't they have medical technologies to be like, here was this environmental factor. Okay, we kind of burned your eyelids. Like, okay, <laughs> we, we can we can fix it now. <laughs> yeah, that's if know. they had it's a just... real doctor on the ship. We have that's... a space psychologist. <laughs> that's very true. Yeah, he's not a doctor. <laughs> that's why they call him Bones and not doctor. <laughs> uh, the fact that oh. he couldn't do CPR is like... <laughs> Right. <laughs> right? Oh, and then he didn't even check for a pulse. He was like, whoop, she looks dead. I'm like, I'm two seconds of quoting that vine of that little girl going like, Mishkisha? <laughs> Miss oh, no, Miss Keisha? Oh my fucking god, she's fucking dead. Yeah, and I'm like, that's Bones. He never yeah. checks. There's no CPR. Today, we will do CPR for like an hour. <laughs> It is a long amount of time before we finally, quote unquote, call it. I mean, we're, we are talking hours. They will spend doing chest compressions on people. And he just looks over and he goes like, kicks them a little bit with his foot going like, well, I guess they're gone. <laughs> he didn't even bend down to check. <laughs> Scotty, yeah. Scotty had a moment like that too near the beginning where they're going after that ship that's heading into the sun or whatever. I think Kirk asked him, like, Scotty, can we lock on with a tractor beam? The dude didn't look at a single instrument. He looked at the view screen and was like, nah, too far. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to eyeball I believe Scotty can do that. <laughs> Scotty that's might be, true. you know, smart enough to be like, just eyeball it. Be like, nah, I think I, I don't think so. But, like, he didn't offer any follow-up information. Like, we need yeah. to be five meters closer or, you know, whatever. Like, there was yeah. nothing. That reminds me of this one time whenever I was a server. We had this guy come in literally a minute and a half before we were supposed to close. And he ordered <laughs> an appetizer and a full meal. And then he asked me what our desserts were like. And I said, not good. <laughs> 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 I mean, 
oh, I never want to work in food service again. Because, <laughs> like, now I have the ability to be like, sir, get out. <laughs> we are one minute from close. Unless you can get something that we can do in less than five minutes, just five, yeah. you need to get on out. <laughs> so, can we talk about those. Sam's stash? Uh, oh! Can we talk about how, uh, yes, in addition to the casting shortcuts they did in this one, because uh, Sam is Shatner. I was, <laughs> was he really? Yeah, just oh, with a fake mustache like... and a different uh, different uh, hairstyle. That's great. <laughs> I thought they, they looked real similar. <laughs> the fuck out of money at this one, and we're just like, okay, everybody's pulling double duty. There is one extra that appears in the episode three separate times wearing three separate uniforms. <laughs> yes. I love it. Well, oh. let's talk about the stash. <laughs> stash is pretty great. I guess it's okay, because in terms of, like, now Kirk doesn't have to grow a mustache. You know, he has a brother who did it, and that way Kirk can be like, nah, it's cool. I, yeah, <laughs> I don't need it. I'll be clean-shaven. I'll be the clean-shaven brother. Right. <laughs> I don't need to, you know, to grow that goatee. That way I can be the evil one or whatever. As a, right. As an owner of mustache, um, I, I was uh, struck by the fakeness of it. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I had a, I had a question for Mac, and then it's going to be a deeply geeky technical question. <laughs> so you know, sorry, sorry guys. I've been watching the Netflix version. So the scene where they like figured out, oh, it's only I I, I guess probably um, infrared is what they needed because it seemed to be kind of a red glow. Where they do all the satellites and they drop it down over the planet to like burst it with light or whatever to kill these things. Was that in the original series? Because I actually thought, like, man, this is actually pretty good special effects here, like, considering the time frame. Like, you're talking about the, the, the space exterior shots of the things doing it? Yeah, yeah, with, like, the satellite turns around and then flips open and then, like, the light comes out. Netflix version, I'm, I'm having a hard time zeroing in on the, the specific thing you're talking about. But, yeah, I'm sure it's CGI that was created in the mid-2000s because uh, okay. all the Netflix versions are the quote-unquote remastered version gotcha. with updated special effects because you said like they were running out of money and i was like yeah they could have maybe theoretically have done this with like models that were then cleaned up or something but i was like what are the chances that they never actually did this particular two second scene <laughs> and this was something that they shoehorned in george lucas style <laughs> and one of the various you know so okay that does answer a question yeah for me. <laughs> it's definitely a, a a cgi added after the fact and it's uh yeah i mean any exterior space shot you're gonna see in these netflix versions are going to be that uh, okay. about the only place you can track down the unremastered versions now are either going to be the D the old release dvds of the seasons okay. but, but the blu-rays also have like an option where you can toggle back and forth as you're watching. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, because I was like, there's no way that this was this clean back in the 60s, right. but at the same time it was like, but did they have this scene at all, but with like puppets on strings? Yeah. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, I mean, yeah, but then he said that they ran out of money, and then I was like, well, they probably couldn't afford to do that. <laughs> right, yeah. I don't. I can't imagine the special effects, because I watched the Netflix versions as well. It's been years since I've seen the original. I can't imagine the special effects were any good, because they really couldn't fix... Even with the mid two thousands technology, the ami uh, the amoebas. Oh I mean, yeah, those are still just things on strings. <laughs> yeah, um, just and, just 
scabs. <laughs> right. And an, a, another special effects that effect that doesn't work and they didn't really clean up was there was a shot where Kirk beams down to the planet and you rarely ever see them actually beaming down to a location. And this was just, I think part, part of it was part of the jet propulsion lab, the exterior of that. And part of it was the UCLA campus. Yeah. But there's a shot where you can see trees in the background, just regular exterior trees, not on a set where Kirk beams down. And of course the, the trick of the beaming effect in those days was that you would have, you would shoot the plate of the background then shoot him coming, like shoot him in, and then do a process shot in the middle of it. But that process shot would always have to be frozen. It would have to be a still. You couldn't have the mm. motion in the back. Like, you yeah. couldn't have actual footage. Yeah, because you're doing this by hand, basically. Right. Like, right. There's and, no computers yeah. to help you out with this. <laughs> and, and, like, when they do it on the ship, you can do it as a static shot and it works. But when you're doing it, because... In, in on that exterior, the trees are swaying in the wind. Yeah, and yeah. then when Kirk starts beaming down, the trees halt. <laughs> and then when the beaming down is done, the trees start swaying again. That's well, cool. There's just so much energy involved in transference that the the world literally stops spinning for a second. So yeah. you know the wind dies. Yeah, no, I get yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, you you've entered the realm of head cannon, and now. We're <laughs> Kirk's ego and wind cannot exist in the same place at the same time. Also acceptable answer. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Fanfic has been written about this, I'm sure. <laughs> well, and actually, there, ha there has been some explanation of why, like, certainly in the early goings, people would freeze as they were transported, that there was, at, like, part of the safety features of, of it were in that era that there was a confinement beam that before you were transported, it froze you so you didn't move, because if you moved, it would fuck it up. Yeah, <laughs> like, that. yeah, because you would have, like, one of those, um, what's that movie called? The Fly? Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's always what I think with the transporter beams. I'm like, that's really cool. What if a fly gets in there? Right. <laughs> oh no! I'm the you know, in this Who's movie. a guest Sorry. star on this season of Discovery? Yes. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> nice. Like a recurring character. He's yeah, in I three... think he showed up twice. Two or, two two or three. three. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> that was all, a, a, only a slight tangent. Yes. It's we have Star Trek. It's all good. <laughs> we stayed sort of on topic. Right. <laughs> We are moving toward our commercial break. Does anybody else have anything about Operation M Dash Annihilate Exclamation Point uh, before we move on? I actually kind of liked it. Uh, yeah. It's definitely better than the alternative factor. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. There, I, there's some goofiness to it. I'm just kind of so, like, done with the. God like child man thing. I <laughs> yeah. was just glad that this was not one of those. Yes. Yeah. You, you may be mentally done with that, but it is not done with you. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Same Yeah. Like I, I did like like I'm I'm poking fun at it, but I'm poking fun out of it because I liked it so much. It's like it's out of love, you know? Right. Right. Um cause like cause basically I watched it and I immediately was just like I can fix this in fanfic. Like, that doesn't make right. sense, but I can fix it. Like, I can just patch through. Like, these are the notes, you know? Yeah. If yeah. the abuses were a little more interesting or terrifying and the family dynamic was yeah. 
followed through a little bit more, I think it could have been a great episode. Well, you had a couple of different things going on, like I think Eris said. And yeah, if you'd maybe focused on one or two a little bit harder. Like, I, I felt like there's a pretty decent psychological thriller they could have made out of this at some point. Yeah. But just um, and Dealing more with people that had been infected before they knew about the infection. Yeah. Yes. yes. And then like the terror of having family members involved in this, if they had the money to cast George Kirk instead of uh, just (laughs) having dead (laughs) in a a mustache. Uh, Yeah. Maybe we could have gotten something because then maybe we would have cared that he had a brother and, you know, oh my God, his family members are getting picked off. What's going on? But yeah, this could have worked really well as a two-parter where we had some time to sit with like Kirk has a family who is literally in mortal danger and now he has to split like his I'm the captain of this vessel with I'm also a brother and an uncle you know like having to like that could have been great and then they could just they kind of spackled over that one (laughs) and if the show was interested in any kind of serialization just a week ago he watched Edith Keeler die yeah, yeah. So he's still pretty yeah. raw from that yeah, emotional. Like, yeah, yeah. He, he this this is actually the worst two weeks of James T. Kirk's Starfleet career. Yeah, <laughs> but it doesn't yeah. really on that. I was like, wait, who? Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah her. <laughs> it's okay, Kirk forgot. See, that, I think that's the problem is that like since they kind of restart every episode back to emotional zero, like right. I have a hard time remembering the things that happened in the previous episodes yeah because it's just like well they don't remember it so why should i (laughs) and being a i mean maybe i don't know if they were really doing this in the 60s but like being a season finale like you could have made this a two-parter with a cliffhanger to really get people in on the the beginning of the next season yeah Yeah. but i know tv was the scheduling was different back then so really the show that brought that as a as a as an idea was star trek the next generation Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, they yeah, did that a lot. It's not really a thing yet. Yeah. yeah. With that, I think unless anybody else had anything immediate that they wanted to add, uh, I think we'll go to our commercial break. Um, excuse me, waitress. What? I would like pancakes plus. Plus? Uh, yeah, just throw in as much meat as you can into the batter. Make it a new dish. Let's get creative with the food. All right. I can manage that. Oh, good. I thought, I thought you guys were closed, but, uh, you know, it, the door's still open, so that means I, yeah. I can do whatever I want. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Let me <laughs> give them that. Let's put that into the batter. Ooh, ooh, put a little, put a little bit of that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this won't be fatal, I don't think. And if it is, who cares? Damn that I'm a chef, not a doctor. Sir, you're your angry, I mean, your regular pancakes. Delightful. There's chunks of everything in here. It's like a meal in itself. You do a fine job here with just wildly insane last minute orders after you've closed. Have the tentacles kicked in yet? <laughs> the worst restaurant at the end of the universe. Oh, this man is dead. Let's not do CPR, though. No, I'm just... Wait. Walk, 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 thud. <laughs> I'm just blind. I'm not dead. <laughs> Five stars. <laughs> recommend. It's a new year. Uh, nothing operative has changed. Wear your mask. Don't forget to write 2021 on all of your documents. Don't have to worry about that one. I, that's an automatic now. Right. 
I will never write 2020 ever again. Not even when I'm trying to fill out my eyeglass prescription. When your time comes for the vaccine, mm-hmm. in, in, the, in the order of uh, priorities in the vaccine, take it. <laughs> yeah, follow the doctor's instructions, mm-hmm. you know, because it's, it's a two-part one it's 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 your a pretty standard where you need a booster um, a i know a lot of you've forgotten since then because there's like you know you get them when you're like two but yeah you gotta take the first dose and then they schedule you for the second appointment the second appointment is very important <laughs> for those of you who think oh there's going to be some nefarious second purpose to the vaccine uh, and this is for karen and chad specifically meet me at mike too <laughs> No one gives a shit about you (laughs) to track you with a chip. Your lives are boring and no one's out to get you because no one wants to have you. And you are right, water sign. Jesus. You already carry around a device for them to find you anytime they want. Right. Right. Have you ever let a straight man do something weird to your body? The vaccine should be no problem. <laughs> if you have ever eaten a Cheeto. <laughs> oh, if I you have ever said five second rule and put something <laughs> up off the ground and right. put it in your mouth, right. don't worry about what's in the vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> or any vaccine, to be honest. <laughs> if you have ever used a lube from Walmart, don't worry about what's in the vaccine. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good one. <laughs> That's it. That's our commercial right there. <laughs> We're not talking about Star Trek anymore, guys. We're just going to riff on anti-vaxxers. Yeah. <sighs> literally anything from Taco Bell. <laughs> oh, I feel, the vaccine. feel real called out right now, Z. <laughs> American identity of just willful disagreement. It, it, it's it's killing people now, and it's <laughs> yeah. no longer uh, charming. So was it ever charming? Uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> certainly not in my lifetime. You hear revisionist history, and that it might have been fun when we just entered worldwide conflicts at the last possible minute and ended up treating ourselves as the hero. <laughs> uh, what we did that? We did it twice. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That's all we did in the 20th century. I'm just imagining someone crashing a wedding. Like, that's us. We're, we're the ones who showed up. We missed the ceremony. We show up to the reception. We eat half of the cake and then we bounce. No gift, no check, yeah. no toast. We eat the cake before they have a chance to cut it. There are other things. Z, I believe you said Black Lives Matter. I did. Mm-hmm. And it should be said again. It should. Black Lives oh. Matter. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Consent is important. Yep. Stay hydrated. Wear your seatbelt. Wear your mm-hmm. seatbelt. Beware of big jumping jack. <laughs> Listen, reconsider your jumping jack agenda. <laughs> One for me from, from the past to my future self. Uh, you know, if you're feeling really tired and fatigued, eat a sandwich. <laughs> you're probably just hungry. Yeah. <laughs> That's and- the thing I've been like forgetting to do for a while. I have one. Yeah. You matter and you're important Aww. and you yes. belong here. Yes. You you is smart. You is no. important. If you enjoy our uh word mouth noises, um 
Uh, you should check out As the Myth Turns with your cultural interns. Eris and Z. Interns because we're not professionals. And we're not getting paid. And they'll be back better than ever uh, with the new year. Uh, they Right before we started recording, they talked about plans for new episodes. And so that will be available where all podcasts are downloaded. In fact, if you're listening to a podcast now, check out As the Myth Turns, wherever you listen to your podcast. For other entertainments of visual and or word-based structures, why are my words not working today? I, I don't know. <laughs> Go to Internet Site Place. <laughs> CelebrationArmageddon.com. Nope, that's not right either. Um, that would be... Partyapocalypse.com. Partyapocalypse.com, you say? There are blogs, podcasts, The Fourth Wall, and movie reviews available for your enjoyment. Because I really should not be talking for the rest of this commercial break. (laughs) Eric, you have a YouTube channel. Yeah, so I'm on YouTube. I do mostly gaming things, although I am slowly branching out and doing some artsy kind of stuff. Um, You can find me. It's Eris O'Reilly. There is no spaces or anything, just type it all in there. Right now I've got two series going on. One of them uh, is a playthrough of this Lovecraftian horror game called Darkest Dungeon. It is very stressful and less scary and more just super gross and kind of weird. Also, I have another playthrough of this game. I've taken Skyrim and I've modded the hell out of it and I've turned it into The Legend of Zelda. So if that sounds interesting to you, you should check me out. And Z, you have what is uh, currently the most popular thing in the Party Apocalypse family online, a TikTok. Yeah. So my TikTok is Asilodoti, A-S-E-L-I-D-O-D-I. And I recently had a video go low-key viral. So uh, you may you may recognize me. I might be, you know, a little famous, but I'll try to stay humble. <laughs> Don't where, forget where you came from. <laughs> where Z becomes too big for this show. Uh, yeah. the, the Z Bruce says Willis on moonlighting not. after Die Hard moment. Like, I know this is auditory only medium, but I heard the Chanel glasses go on when you said that. <laughs> <laughs> I did a little hair toss too. <laughs> I have nothing to plug. Okay. <laughs> then I, with that, I think we should go back to our episode. And so we turn the page on season one and open with season two. Now, this is actually, I think, like the fifth or sixth episode produced in season two. But it is their first steps out of the gate for year two. And I think they couldn't have picked a better one, Mm. generally. But uh, I don't really have a lot of notes about it. I just enjoy the hell out of this episode. And I want to hear what the others have to say. And go. What the fuck is up with the operetta in the opening scene? <laughs> I didn't notice that too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. It's that way forever. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the opening title's got a, a bit of a tweak. Yeah, they hired a singer. <laughs> and then there's the line, whatever, where Fox says, it's a deeply personal thing. And I was like, <gasps> second puberty. <laughs> and then it was. Pretty much. Yep. I mean, and Kirk has like absolutely no boundaries in this episode. He was like, he's like, no, I don't understand. Explain it to me. That's an order. I was like, I was like, Kirk, get fucked, stay fucked. Come on, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Kirk's like, like, no, really, please ex- explain to me what is this sex thing that people keep talking about? I've heard of it. Am I doing it wrong? Spock's like, oh my god. Oh, is he gonna get the sex talk? What? 
Yeah. Like when a Vulcan man loves a Vulcan very much. Yeah. <laughs> like we have to like, kill a like motherfucker. Kirk has had to give this birds and the bees talk like six times so far. And we're one episode into, into season two. I mean, it's only fair that of all all the times that Kirk has like subjected us to his weird horny on mainness, it's nice that, you know, Spock is like, I can't believe I have to explain this to you. I really like this episode for a bunch of different reasons. One of the bigger ones is I'm real into fanfic and especially slash fanfic. This is the episode that started slash fanfiction. That's it. And period. It started slash fiction because of this whole, like, you can see so many new tropes. It's a fuck or die scenario. He's like, if Spock doesn't go down to this planet and bang this lady, he is literally going to die. Thus, a thousand million fan fictions were born. <laughs> kind of skipping over to the end. Also, blood fever, which were words I actually thought was only fanfic related. I had oh, no. no idea. Yeah. <laughs> That those were words spoken aloud on TV in the 60s. And I was like, oh, hmm. this is why we refer to it as this. And then also like, oh, I thought I killed Kirk. And then all of a sudden, my whole heat died away and I am no longer crazy and bloodless and all that. Mm, I wonder. Because Kirk was your mate. There, I said mm-hmm. it. Mic drop. <laughs> uh, the smile that Spock has on his face when Kirk is not dead, yes. that tells you everything you need to know right there. Yep. He looks at you like Spock looks at Kirk. I like this episode. It had some interesting xeno-cultural or something I don't know like like alien like we're gonna come up with like an alien species and then kind of like figure out what their society is like so it had that aspect but then also had a lot of emotional stuff especially with Spock and Kirk's relationship there's a lot of really good bits about this episode that I just I just really like my biggest qualm is that Spock is a smart guy why didn't he plan ahead for this he knew this was gonna come around every seven years why didn't he plan his vacation time to coincide with Ponfar? Why is he still on the ship suffering? And I, I don't know, as I was sitting here saying that, I'm like, can we explain this away by saying this makes Vulcans so crazy that he literally, like, it took over his brain and maybe he couldn't plan ahead for this. But, like, once he's clear of Ponfar, then he goes into his calendar, circles seven years from right? now, <laughs> and is like, okay... I'm feeling okay now. Yeah. We gotta plan ahead for that. Like I have a couple explanations, but they're still they're real light. Like they they're just they barely band-aid over this big gaping issue that they've yeah. got plot hole wise here. One could be that Ponfar is not an exact time. Like it's seven-ish years. So he was like, could hit now, could hit six months six months from now. Kind of hard to take off leave for an entire year. Two. This one doesn't work and I'm going to I'm going to say it and then I'm going to immediately refute it. I always forget when I'm going to start my period. <laughs> Even though it <laughs> happens like freaking clockwork every single time. I'm like, "Oh my god, I must be dying." Oh, no, wait. That's <laughs> like every Every, every time. Mine is usually, oh, I'm so angry. Why am I so stressed out? Why yes. is everything wrong? And then I'm like, oh, that's why. That's not <laughs> me. I have, I have 36 hours of that before I go, oh, I'm not dead. <laughs> okay. Go, no, go. Maybe, maybe Vulcans are the same way. Yeah. <laughs> I will say Spock is absolutely one of those people who would like actually plan it out and figure like, like we all met those people. They're rare, but they like have a calendar and they keep track of it. And you're like, what is wrong with you? Are you an alien? Yes. They're Vulcans. 
<laughs> and Spock is a Vulcan too. He definitely would have been the person who would have planned this out. So, like I said, I, I was going to state it and then I was going to immediately refuse it. So, um, I don't know. Spock's in heat. I'm okay. I'm okay with them just not telling me why he forgot about it and it just saw him. <laughs> it just happens. It's like start an Alpha Omega. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it's more of a this chick on Vulcan is not exactly lighting his imagination on fire the way Kirk does so he just kept pushing it back hoping maybe it won't happen to me this time <laughs> yeah maybe Kirk threw off the cycle huh? <gasps> oh maybe it came early yeah or that yeah <laughs> you know like 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 when you get a bunch of ladies and they move together in a house <laughs> and then you're like oh well shoot <laughs> I just gotta say Mac looks really uncomfortable <laughs> I'm really, I'm not uncomfortable. I'm just, I I'm just shouted. Like, I, there, there's just no context. I'm like, yes. As a non-menstrual cycle having human. Yeah. I, I have one, one very big question though. Okay. Why was in the beginning of the show, the episode, Spock was holding a shiv, <laughs> just like carry the shiv around. That... He's like, I need to go on vacation right now. I'm going to ship what? you. <laughs> Why did he let Nurse Chapel into his quarters if all he was intending to do was throw that shit out into the hallway? I yeah. I'm, I'm like, man, that's... I felt bad for her this episode. I was like, oh, this is going to start the whole, like, oh, get rid of the female character who's standing in the way of the two dudes kissing. Like, I really don't like that trope in slash fiction. Like, that that's a trope that needs to die with the ship. It's real prevalent, and I can see kind of, like, this is probably the beginning of where that fanfic trope started. Yeah. It was, oh, gotta get rid of the nurse. Gotta be actively mean to her so the characters don't like her, or the characters, so the readers don't like her. I'm like, ah, oh, but she did. She's just, she's trying her best. I like her. Okay. I do like her. Yeah. Nurse Chapel's pretty awesome. I don't think we've seen her since what our little girl's made of. Yeah. It's been yeah. a while. Chekhov is now here. We now have one of our regular cast members. <laughs> he's a regular? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, oh, he's, he's, he's a, big a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. I like <laughs> Chekhov. He was, he was actually pretty good. Chekhov's like Boris's nephew. <laughs> Chekhov sticks around through the movies. Yeah, he's he's part of the big, the, the seven that you typically count as the main, main characters. Well, I'm excited. Good. Does he have his weird hairdo the entire run of the show? It gets a little bit better <laughs> later <laughs> on. Less of a wig. <laughs> and then by the time of the movies, he's got regular human style hair yes yes maybe he's just like a new recruit it took him a while before he was like maybe i can cut my hair like a normal person <laughs> they have barbers here what oh my gosh i'm gonna have to sign up for this <laughs> he's actually a response i think to the network the network wanted more young people to tune in ah and somebody that looked like davy jones and the monkeys oh Okay. And so they had to give him that mop top and then they added the Russian bit into him and that sort of thing. Uh, the the story Roddenberry tells, which I immediately suspect is not being true because Roddenberry tells it, is <laughs> that somebody brought him a press clipping from Pravda or some Russian newspaper criticizing the Americans for having this American space show and not having a Russian on the crew when they were the first people into space. <laughs> I mean, they were. Right. I mean, that's you know. that, that's an accurate statement. I don't know. If he, I don't know. I don't see Roddenberry reading Pravda and thinking, hey, the Ruskies have an idea. <laughs> yeah. Does Shatner have it written into his contract at this point that no one else's shirt can get ripped in a battle? 
nipples immediately. His shirt is like almost instantly torn, yet Kirk or Spock is like fine the whole time. I know. Or is uh, Kirk really just that bad at fighting? Spock could have taken him out even in, you know, not in a blood fever. <laughs> uh, also, uh, that was very white dude of Kirk to be like, sure, I'll sign up for this thing. I'm going to help my friend out. A what? I'm supposed to what? Wait, what did I say? I'm like, you are in his home on his planet. Okay, yes, I get it. In this particular instance, okay, the Vulcans were very... Outworders don't need to know about this. This is for us. T'Pau kept withholding information about what was really happening because they're outworlders. They don't need to know this stuff. But, like, I think she just really wanted to see Kirk die. Like, <laughs> that was her end game. Because, well, like, they even say that she rejected a seat on the Federation Council in, in the past. So I think her whole life story has been telling white dudes from the Federation no. Yeah. I aspire. Yes. <laughs> Pretty cool. You, you have strong T'Pau energy to you, Z. Aw, <laughs> Quick, just start referring to everybody as the... <laughs> um, uh, I was like, that was pretty cool. I was like, I'm into this. This is great. <laughs> pretty dope. And they do a pretty good exploration of this in this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. For once, they just didn't leave it as like, a, here's this wacky thing. Ha ha. Plot filler. They actually w- delved more into it. And I was like, oh, are they actually world building now? Are they actually <laughs> world building? I'm so proud of them. Oh, my yeah. goodness. <laughs> And I hope they're letting go of calling them Vulcanians from that, now yeah, on. That's over, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they there and there's not anything in here in the Vulcan development that is like problematic or questionable that they immediately have to retcon or like 30 years down the line have to retcon. Vulcan culture as depicted here is pretty much the same as it is yeah. now whenever it's depicted on shows like Discovery or uh mm-hmm. or Picard or even Lower Decks. Mm-hmm. There's a part of me that's looking yes. forward to the future Vulcan uprising of female suffrage. Because <laughs> they, they do get weirdly problematic in terms of like the this woman is now your property. But at the same yeah. time, I was willing to accept it because there are cultures now, first world countries right now that do that. Right. <laughs> you <And> know, <laughs> like first it, world. <laughs> it is an acknowledgement of them giving in to their worst impulses in a very controlled setting. Like yeah. once they're out of the temple and just back to work, everything I think is a little more even keeled, but it's only during the ceremony. It's like, we are reverting to our primal instincts. You are woman. I will own you. Yeah. yeah and I'm like, like series too. Yeah. Like, I mean, they, they do this in enterprise yeah. with Tapal, but she's to Paul, but she's, but that's taking place before this. So that makes sense. I'm trying to think of, I, I guess they're still still doing it in like Next Gen and other yeah. things. There, oh, there's absolutely. always that play between we have these women of agency on this planet, but yet once every seven years, they're also property. One of the yeah. better. Like I said, I'm waiting for the female uprising or the Vulcans who are like, no, we're not doing this anymore. All right. <laughs> I mean, like, we're going to fight equally together. None of this whole you owed me. Like, I'm going to fight you. Uh, the story around Voyager and the uh, conceit of Voyager is that they are stranded far, uh, far away, far, far away <laughs> at the other end of the galaxy. And their main Vulcan, Tuvok, starts going through Ponfar and there ain't nowhere to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I've read fanfic about this, so I've got a couple ideas. <laughs> we can't we can't go against I can't resist because that means I'll die. So there's, there's just ways I can trick my body into thinking that it has happened. 
Like, I did my research. Let's go. <laughs> I, I've never seen this episode. I just assumed, like, that, that was me. I'm like, I've done a lot of, I've read a lot of fanfic about fucker die scenarios. I, I have a plan in place. I know how to handle this. Thank you, internet. <laughs> and also, thank you, archive of our own. <laughs> right. As arrogant as Kirk is in the episode, I do like that it's, that it's depicting him as out of his depth pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, he kind of white guys himself into the scenario, mm -hmm. but then he is immediately way in over his head. That did not annoy me. I mean, it was accurate, but it, they also played it off as it was like, yeah, he thought he knew what he was doing for three seconds before he was like, oh no. And I'm like, mm -hmm. finally, <laughs> some consequences. I, I was going to say something about like, how come they destroyed that beautiful Jade Bell looking thing like immediately? <laughs> I was like, yeah. do they have to replace that every single time? <laughs> it is one of my favorites. And when other things are making reference to Star Trek, this is one of those lightning rod episodes that is referred back to, like, uh, whenever characters have to fight to the death for some reason, like on a cartoon or something, invariably they will play this, the, the music that they played over the, this uh, sequence. They have, like, an American gladiator-looking weapons. <laughs> Yeah, the Lerpa. Those things were not and, made for like adequate balance of any kind. Like those I, things were the clunkiest. You're shit. absolutely right. However, in Star Trek Online, they are my favorite melee weapon. <laughs> well, I hope they're longer in Star Trek Online because the, the things did not look like they was gonna do shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they look clunky as hell to wield, but I don't know, maybe they did that slightly on purpose, be like, well, it's really hard just to always kill each other, like, every seven years, that kind of sucks. <laughs> like, trying to hold it in the middle wouldn't work, but if you if you could get it, like, just in the right kind of fulcrum at the heavy end, like, you could really do some damage with the blade, but who knows? Okay. I think I would go the opposite direction and just try to swing the heavy end around as hard as I could. Caveman club that shit. If we're if we're going back to our our primal bullshit, just I was not expecting it to be. I thought at first when they handed it because of the way they have the camera, I thought it was a double bladed um, staff like weapon. Um, I didn't mm. expect there to be a giant like <laughs> brick <laughs> at the end of at it. At the end, um, it'd be like okay now. From the D&D Ben Maxer standpoint, I'm like slashing and bludgeoning damage. Okay. Yeah, from like an actual like useful aspect, I was like, why don't they just put two blades on this? Because they're they're not a warlike people. It's the Klingons you have to go to for the good swords. That's true. All right. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> the Vulcans were like, oh, the Vulcans are Ben Maxers. <laughs> and that's why. <laughs> We, we only use these like, every logically, century. <laughs> yeah. Logically, if we have something that both cuts and bludgeons, that's a better <laughs> weapon, right? And the Klingons are like, no. <laughs> this is not how this works. Or are the Klingons like proud little parents or whatever? They're like, you guys are doing something. Yes, cutting and bludgeoning. Oh, look at you inventive little things. <laughs> okay, I'm into that. I'm into that. <laughs> They don't I'm have a lot of warm fuzzy in the Klingon uh, Empire, but <laughs> they just, you know, <laughs> maybe maybe there's some level of respect for these ancient Vulcan weapons. Mm -hmm. Klingons are like, okay, I can see how this could be useful. <laughs> like, all right, they're trying their best. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Klingons and Vulcans don't tend to get along. Yeah, but they also don't hang out together very much. Yeah, so that's true. <laughs> this is their bridge. <laughs> like, oh, we've got common ground. Okay. Weapons of old. <laughs> yeah. 
And I, th- I think that's what I like best about this episode is that there's so much world building in it that now it's like my brain is going in overdrive and <laughs> just like, you can do this or how about this? What about this kind of thing? Ooh, look at this. Like, here's all these like little like tasty morsels of information that they have given me about this world and I can do all the things now. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of secondary canon deep dive Vulcan stuff, like whole novels of Vulcan culture and, and yeah. that sort of yeah because like that's what i'm into i want to look and be like there's an accountant on the ship i want to know more about this accountant like (laughs) i'm like okay shut up kirk i need to know about this person now we are running a little low on time does anybody else have anything they want to add about amok time before we sign off for this week i think stan is actually kylo ren's real father (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> you right though yeah oh my goodness it's interesting the actor who plays Stan was like almost almost played Spock he was in the running for the role really uh, and he was also in the running to take over for the role in season two while Nimoy threw his weight around in contract negotiations mm, interesting we yeah, were gonna we were we were possibly going to get a new Spock from here on in, but the powers that be gave Nimoy what he deserved and wanted, so he I'm, stuck around. I'm glad we still have normal Spock. Yep. Yeah. Next time, your away team will be changing it up a little bit, going for Season 2, Episode 2, Who Mourns for Adonai, which I suspect Z and Eris will have some opinions about. and then moving on to the changeling which is exactly the plot of the first movie start the first star trek movie and well we'll get to that (laughs) in the meantime bye. bye bye